welcome to the After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Connects Education Academy. Our podcast is here to help teachers, leaders and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. Welcome back to After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Connects Academy. We take a deep dive into the world of education and bring you valuable insights. This series will focus on the SEND Code of Practice and we're really excited to have some great discussions. I'm your host, Georgie McIntyre, Managing Director here at Connects Academy. And today we're going to consider the importance of the second chapter of the SEND Code of Practice. This examines the requirement for children with SEND and their families to have access to impartial information, advice and support. Joining me are two of our regular guests who are experts in the field of special educational needs, Andy Bridge, a secondary deputy head teacher and qualified SENCO, and Debbie Davis, a primary head teacher. Morning, Andy and Debbie. So let's get started. Why is impartial information, advice and support such a crucial aspect of supporting children with SEN and their families? Hi everybody, it's, it's good to be back and thank you for having me again, Georgie. Great to be here. That's great to have you here, Debbie, as always. Thank you. So impartial information, advice and support are absolutely essential because they empower families and children with special educational needs to make informed decisions about their education. And what it does is it ensures that they have access to accurate and unbiased information and enables them to understand their rights, um, their available options and support uh, the support services that can help them on a daily basis and, and strategically throughout their, their education. I'd agree, Debbie. I think for many families, it's very easy in this complex system to feel really overwhelmed, confused, trying to navigate this, as I said, this complex world of SEN provision. Um, and having that impartial support provides them with guidance, assistance. It helps them advocate for their child's needs effectively. And, and it gives them the confidence that they can navigate this system and that they can take, they, they've got agency, they've got a, a say. They're not just going to be passed around from pillar to post and be given what other people think their child needs, that they're going to take a really active role in it and take a leading part in it as well. It, it's back to that parents being experts in their children piece, isn't it? And it, it's clear that impartial information, advice and support can make such a significant difference for families and children with SEN. Could you elaborate on the requirement for this support? That I know it's outlined in Chapter 2 of the Code of Practice, Andy. Yeah, absolutely. So Chapter 2 makes really clear to us that this isn't optional for councils to provide this support. They've got a legal requirement um, that local authorities have to provide impartial information, advice and support to families and children with SEN. And, and that might be in the form of an independent advice service. It might be through partnerships with um, external organisations um, that you know can look slightly different in different local authorities. But the key thing is they've got a legal requirement to provide that independent advice and support. And the aim of it is to ensure that families have got access to accurate, independent guidance that can then help them make informed decisions that are right for, for their child. 
Yeah, and, and additionally, the code emphasises the importance of this support being easily accessible and available to all families. It should be provided in a, in a really timely fashion and tailored to individual needs of every child that, that we serve who has special educational needs and their families as well. And this requirement en ensures that families are not left to navigate the special educational needs system alone, which, like Andy says, is it, it can be really scary. And, you know, that there are a lot of um, barriers that they might come across that they, they don't understand, that they need support to understand. And that's where the services come in and that they can rely on the trained professionals for assistance and advice and help them. Yeah, it's, it sounds like it could be quite a scary situation and, and you know, and they want to make sure that they feel listened to and heard as well. It's great to see that there is this legislation and legal requirements in place to ensure that there is information, advice and support for families. How can families access this support, Andy? Um, so, it, again, it varies in each local authority, um, but the best place to start, I would say, would be just searching for the local offer in your area. So. Every local authority council has got um, a responsibility to publish this local offer. You can just find them online. You know, if I type into Google, um, I, I work in Doncaster, Doncaster local offer. It'll be the first result that comes up. Um, and, it, and we'll spend a lot of time in future episodes discussing this local offer. But basically, it's a resource that's just a centralised place for if you need some support for your child, that's where you go to. It collects it all into one website for you, so you're not having to scour and scour the internet um, and in many local authorities that independent advice is known as SENDIAS um, which stands for Special Educational Needs and Disabilities Information Advice and Support Service um, but as I said it, it does vary and um, they might be named something slightly different or be given a different kind of branding but just have a look for your local areas local offer um, and it should be signposted from there. Thank you, Andy. That's that's really important key information for people that are listening. So, Debbie, what kind of support could SENDIAS usually provide to a family with a child with SEND? So, again, it, it varies with each local authority, but in general, the services include uh, trained staff and volunteers offering confidential and impartial information, advice and support. Uh, information about education, health and social care, voluntary organisations and support groups, a range of information leaflets on so, uh, special educational needs and disability that are related to different topics and training for parents and, and practitioners. So it's quite varied and, and really, really good uh, provision. That does sound quite a great package. And, and how might engaging with this support positively impact the experiences of families and children with SEM? I would say it, it can empower families. I think that's a, an important word, empowering families. It gives them that confidence, the control over the child's education. Um, it helps them understand their rights. It helps them navigate the process. It helps them know how to access the appropriate support service. And generally that can lead to improved outcomes um, because needs are more effectively addressed and their experiences in, in schools and in education hopefully becomes inclusive, it becomes positive experience for the child. And I think Debbie mentioned another um, interesting point there that we sometimes think about, um, you know, it just being in school that a child might need some support, but actually it, 
it could be in the family home as well. And as Debbie said, one of those um, services that Sendias often offer is training for parents. You know, if you're, um, you know, you have a child that's born with some kind of SEN need or develops an SEN need, you might not automatically be an expert in that field and, and you might need some support to understand coping strategies and mechanisms and how you can best support your child within the home as well as in school. So I think we've got such a valuable um, contribution to offer and, and if families engage with it, it can have a, a really positive impact. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, Andy. And it helps families to build really strong relationships with professionals and schools, fostering that effective collaboration and, and partnership working that we've talked about. And when families feel supported and empowered, naturally, they're more likely to actively participate in decision making and processes, which leads to a better alignment between the home and the school and a more holistic approach to supporting the child's need, needs, which we've been talking about through this series of podcasts. And it always comes back to that. The more people are involved, the more people that know, the more experts around that child, the more support you'll get and the more progress the child will make. It sounds it's great to hear that there's this sort of additional wraparound support in the home as well that is available. It's just a shame that perhaps people aren't aware of it and we need to be making more of that and publicising the fact that this CENDIAS area is available for additional support locally. It's And it's also wonderful to see the positive, positive impact that it can make, the impartial information, advice and support that can be given to families and children with SEN. As we wrap up, do either of you have any final thoughts regarding the, um, the, the importance of the additional impartial information, advice and support that families may need? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's, um, it's essential. It's such an important part of SEM provision because it helps us make a, an inclusive and equitable education system. So by ensuring that families have got access to that accurate, unbiased information, we can empower them um, to advocate for their child's needs effectively. Um, and we'll create a really supportive environment where every child can thrive. And one other point I think um, is worth mentioning, and I, I, you know, this is not to generalise all children, all families at all, but there will be some children with special educational needs whose parents also have some form of special educational need. And ensuring that there is this um, confidential, impartial advice service to support those families, regardless of what needs the child or the parents and carers might have, um, it, it sets the child up to succeed. Uh, absolutely. Um, and when, when we think about it again from a parent's perspective, you've got so many different professionals all telling you what they think and what should happen to your child. And then you've got your own thoughts and your own opinions and experiences, as, exactly as George said, the parent being the expert and knowing their child. And it can be just so reassuring to know that somebody's completely independent and unbiased who isn't going to judge you um, and who can use who you can use as a sounding board. And that alignment is is a really precious and powerful tool. Just so it all comes back to helping the child to flourish. I totally agree, Debbie. I think it's ultimately it's about giving them the best opportunities they possibly can. Um, with with 
all of the other sort of barriers that they perhaps might face. So it's it's great to hear that there is this additional support. It's not just, as you said, Andy, school focus, that there is a wraparound additional support available through SENDIAS. So make sure you review your local authority if you're considering um, following this up as well. Yeah, I mean, I just I judge you, I think it, if you are a parent who might have had an adverse experience in school yourself, maybe didn't en enjoy school, didn't feel that you thrived there, um, and your child's got an additional need, and you're being called into a meeting with the SENCO, maybe with an educational psychologist, a speech and language therapist, a behaviour support team worker, maybe the head of year, maybe an assistant head teacher, and you're going to walk into a meeting with eight or nine professionals, that could feel so intimidating um, that actually that might be a barrier to some parents attending and then they're not engaging with the process, but um, Cindyas might be able to provide them with um, an advocate to, to sit next to them, to help prepare them before they go into that meeting, to support them during the meeting and to debrief afterwards, then that is so powerful at supporting that parent or carer to engage in the support for their child, um, just knowing that they've got somebody by their side supporting them through it, I think it's just so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and if at least one person listening to this is able to pass this message on, then then we've done our jobs today. Thank you very much, Andy and Debbie. And uh, I think we're going to carry on this conversation around the SEND code practice. And in our next podcast, we're going to be looking at discussing the relationship between the SEND code of practice and partnership working. So we're going to start to unpack that a bit further. You can pick up our After the Bell podcast that are released on a weekly basis and provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. Access these on your daily commutes, if you're on your treadmill or as a focus for the day. Thank you for listening to After the Bell.